Welcome to the Weight Loss for Fertility podcast. When you're trying to get pregnant, whether naturally or with the help of a fertility doctor, weight loss can better your chances of success. I'm Dr. Stephanie Fine, and I help you do just that. Let's go. Oh, fabulous. It's Dr. Stephanie Fine here with Weight Loss for Fertility. And today we're talking about how to get unstuck in your weight loss. Now, that could be at the beginning of weight loss when you're just deciding to lose weight, or it could also be, as we call a plateau, when you're sort of in the process of it, but you're not dropping weight the way you want to. So the reason you've never heard of it is because it's not intuitive, especially for those of us in diet mentality, but it's really impactful which is why we're going to talk about it today. I want you to know about it. I was inspired to talk about this topic because of two things that happened sort of close together, and it made me really aware of it. So the first one was my own experience. I was with my husband. We were driving home. It was evening, you know, felt like a hard, long day, stuck in traffic, that kind of idea. And we, I had that overwhelming feeling of like, we deserve out food, you know, like to pick up food, like that, that came into my brain. So because my husband is like me and we're co-conspirators when it comes to food, not ideal, but there you have it. We were thinking of, you know, where, so there's a Thai food place close to our house. So that sounded really good. And they have a soup that's my fave. So he's, I'm driving, he's getting the app and he's looking forward, making all the plans. And then we've after, by the way, after he already ordered, but we find out the place is closed. It was Monday. <laughs> so they really should do that the opposite, but whatever. <laughs> we're bummed. Now we're bummed. So then because our brain is in the takeout mode, we go to, okay, what's another place that's close by? And there's some Chinese food that's close by. And so we're thinking of what to have. And now now what's going on in my brain is I do want to order out. I'm, it's feeling, you know, late and I'm tired. And Thai food, the soup that I wanted sounded really good. But now I'm sort of pretzeling myself into this. I don't really feel like having the Chinese food. And it's now. So what happened was I was able to think of what we have at home in the refrigerator and it was perfect. And I said, oh, you know what? Never mind. I'm good. You know, order what you want, have what you want, but I'm going to, I know what I'm going to have in, in the house. So it just ended like that. One thing I do want to mention about this is I want to say it, it continues to happen for those of us with food issues, anyone who's ever wanted to lose weight. These issues, this brain, and we're going to talk more about this, of offering up ideas like you deserve it in terms of food. It still happens to me, and this is many, many years later after the bulk of my work of for weight loss. But what I want to say is, and this is like a preview of what the whole episode is about, I don't judge that anymore. I don't make it mean anything about me that my brain offered up, ooh, let's get some Chinese food or let's order in, we deserve it. And the way I want to talk about this, just in terms of me having this experience is that 
it happens and it just does not feel like a big deal. I don't make it mean anything about myself. And that is what can happen as you do this process over many years. It's not that every food drama goes away from your brain, but it feels so much easier to deal with. So much easier. I I think of it like a bolt. At first, the food drama in the brain can feel like a boulder, a huge boulder that you're carrying around on your back. And then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller until it's like a little pebble in your pocket. And that's what this incident felt like to me. It wasn't that it was so dramatic in my brain, but the ease at which the decision-making was, this was not me saying, you have to eat what's in the refrigerator. You can't have, you know, out food. It was just a free flowing of ideas. And that's what felt like the pebble. So then when this happened, which normally wouldn't even be a blip on my radar, but then when I was talking to a client, she had this experience. She was coming down with a cold and she was feeling tired. And on her way home, she was thinking about what to have for dinner. And she was had decided to order a frozen pizza. It was no problem. That's what she decided. But as she was thinking more about it, you know, figuring out how to order, where to order from, that sort of thing. It occurred to her that chicken soup would be amazing. And so she just ordered chicken soup instead of the frozen pizza. Now she was able to do that because of this hack that I'm going to talk about right now. There was no force in these examples. She did not will herself to pick the chicken soup. She did not shame herself about the idea of the frozen pizza. It was not a forced thing. Same with me in my choosing of having leftovers. It didn't feel depriving, restricting. It didn't feel anything. It was a very easy choice to make. And I'm going to tell you why. We were not shooting ourselves. We were not forcing ourselves to pick better food. I'm putting air quotes around better. Our brains just worked with us, offering up good ideas. Once we had already made a choice, we had made the choice, but we were open to continue thinking about it because that's what happens with brains. It's just sort of continuing to problem solve if we let it. And we didn't judge or sort of react to our first thought. We didn't stop the flow of ideas. So another one just sort of bubbled up. It flowed right in. So not judging our thoughts about food gives us access to higher thinking, ease in decision-making. That is the hack, my friends, not judging our thoughts about food. I kind of think of it as like a traffic jam or, or a knot, you know, so there's an impediment to the free-flowing of new ideas. We get stuck behind the knot or the traffic jam. If there's a force or a a difficulty, the, the jam itself, the knot. But if there's no knot or traffic jam, our brain is free to keep thinking. There's a flow. It keeps problem solving. And even truer ideas are behind the rote ones, the practiced ones, the first ones that show up. It's also like this, like, I don't know if you've ever done creative writing or, or listened to authors talk, but when 
uh, people have writer's block, one of the ways to get out of the writer's block is just to write. Literally, like, just put pen to paper. So whatever nonsense is in your head, like, this isn't working, I have no ideas, it's never going to I'm never going to have an idea again in my life. Or it could even be a list of, you know, I have to go to the grocery store. I have to call Mary tomorrow. I have to, you know, just literally writing whatever is in the brain. It's clearing out all those thoughts so that a new clear thought can come through. That's when creativity has the ability to, to flow. It was stuck behind the traffic jam. So we remove the traffic jam and the flow and the ideas flow. The traffic jam in this case that I'm talking about is judgment. It's judging the thought that frozen pizza is a terrible idea. You're trying to lose weight. How could you possibly lose weight if you're eating frozen pizza? That would stop the brain. And there and there wouldn't be any other ideas. Now, here's the, here's the trick. We're not doing this so that we choose better, necessarily. We're doing it so that there's a possibility. We're training our brain not to judge our thinking so that the new wisdom that we're learning about can come through. So in that writer's exercise, if the writer stopped at this isn't working, I'm a terrible writer, then they just throw the pen across the room. They'd feel tight and frustrated and then they would stop the flow of creativity, right? If they've, they've stopped writing, so no more, no more ideas. That, that's what happens when we judge our food drama. It stops, it stays stuck in the food drama and there's no movement anymore. So it's the same idea that we let the practiced forbidden, again, air quotes, ideas about food come. And if we don't stop there, if we don't start sort of tantruming and judging and sort of having the drama about, oh, why is my brain always giving me terrible food choices? If we don't blame it as a bad idea, then we would just watch the brain as it goes through the old ideas and and offers us new ones. Allowing our default brain to have its say then makes room for the wisdom to come in. This is easier when we understand how the brain works. The habit brain is exactly that, habit brain. If we've practiced every time I think about having a cheeseburger and fries, I think it's bad then our brain is going to give us that. We've thought it enough times that it goes into our habit brain and it just gets kicked out every time we think of it. Oh, bad, you know, cheeseburger bad, cheeseburger bad. If we let that thought be there without judging it, without judging the thought that a cheeseburger is bad, we just say, oh, I want a cheeseburger. Okay. And then we go about not judging it and seeing maybe that's maybe that's what I'm going to have today. I have the hunger scale. I can eat when I'm hungry, stop when I'm satisfied. And then you go about your business of going to get it or whatever you're going to do and maybe a different thought comes in. But if we've judged that decision, we can there's no movement and we're stuck and we're stuck and we're stuck and we're stuck. 
for my client, the frozen pizza was the same as chicken soup. She did not make any judgment on the frozen pizza. They were equal in her brain. So what do you really want, right? There was no should haves or this is better or I can't believe I'm deciding this or how many calories does this have versus that have. It's what she wanted. And at first she wanted a frozen pizza. That likely was a habit, and even in, you know even when we don't have other ideas because we're just starting the process of changing the way we're eating so of course the brain offers that up but then with when she did not judge it there was no drama about it for her the, then the chicken soup just came through you know she was getting a cold it it didn't end up feeling as good having the frozen pizza so the chicken soup came in and that felt amazing So getting unstuck, releasing a plateau, getting started, we want to catch any judgments we have about our thoughts around food, like ordering out or baking a cake or anything like that. We let it play out in our mind without judgment. Remember, we're not causing a traffic jam. We're just noticing that that's what we're thinking. And then when we aren't when we're not causing a traffic jam, we have the space to make another decision or have another idea. Maybe, maybe not. Now, this isn't a trick to trick your brain into thinking. This is literally just allowing other thoughts to come in, not necessarily going with the very first one, or really what we're doing is we're not judging the first one. This is the process of being able to have new thoughts about food. We need to have new thoughts if we're going to change anything about our food. And this is the way we do it. We don't judge the practiced thoughts. We allow them to be there and then see what bubbles up after that or not even after that. We just allow it to be there and notice our thoughts. And often we will have another thought, a new thought, because we are exposing ourselves. We're asking our brain to come up with new thoughts. We don't only want to do the old things that we do, but we're not going to judge and shame ourselves for having our old thoughts. That's not fair to us. This is what we did before. With That's the knowledge we had. That's the best we could do. And now we're going to try differently And the brain will cooperate if we don't judge it. We don't knot it up by having judgment around it. So when we're judging our food-related thoughts, we're making it an uphill battle. We're perpetuating bad feelings and resistance because judgment feels terrible. Judgment is guilt and shame. Guilt and shame are awful. I hate the way those feel. (laughs) And in general, most people do. And anytime we're judging, that's what we're going to get. So it has us feeling bad about ourselves, about our decisions, about our brain, about our body, about the weight loss process. That is one of the main reasons we don't want to do it. We Because there's so much guilt and shame when we have judgment around our eating and and choices. But they cannot change if we're judging them. 
So we have to be in the space where we're allowing our thoughts to be there, understanding, of course, they're there. These are habits that I've had for a long time. There is space for me to have new thoughts and make new decisions, kind, conscious decisions. That's always where we're headed. We want our brain to feel free to make kind, conscious decisions about the food we eat, about when we eat, we eat when we're hungry, and then we stop when we're satisfied. No matter what we've decided to eat, we're stopping when we're satisfied. That will always result in weight loss, not only because you're listening to your body, but because your brain is free to make its choices. It's not shamed. It's so important. And I, I also, in when I'm thinking about telling you about this, I was noticing too, I'm starting to um, learn to play the mandolin. I'm sure that you will be hearing more and more about this because let me tell you something, learning a new skill like this, and I have no musical background whatsoever, is really an interesting playground because I'm learning, I, I'm I'm. I'm objectively terrible at it. That's fine. I have no problem with being terrible at it. I'm starting. I'm learning. I've never done this before. And I'm I'm learning a song and I'm I mean, it's like the equivalent of chopsticks on the on the piano. But anyway, there's lots of new things for me to learn with my fingers strumming all these sorts of things and I had one great day that I practiced and then the next day not so great. It just didn't come easy. I, I it didn't seem like I was progressing. It it, it wasn't great. But if I judged that, which I was tempted to do, but if I judged that, I wouldn't want to practice the next day. And then what would happen if I didn't practice the next day? I would not get better. Do you see? It just would have perpetuated. I would have created the traffic jam by judging my really not melodic (laughs) practicing that one day. But I'm old enough to know that, the, you know, tomorrow's a new day. I am interested in getting better. And so, and because I did not judge it, I, I sort of just, you know, shrugged my shoulders. I'm like, oh, that was that day, you know, that I'm, there's going to be good days and bad days. That I want, I would love it if you were in that space for your weight loss, for your decisions about food. That space, shoulder shrugging and making commitments not in a tight way, in in a way that you're interested, you want to make the commitment, you're interested in change, you're interested in the result you're going to get from it, then you're free to do it. Like the next practice day, no problem, happy to practice. And it was in fact a little better. (laughs) But there was space for it to be like that. I was willing for it to be terrible. Because this is just what I'm doing. I'm deciding to get better at mandolin playing, the only way to do that is to practice. Same thing with weight loss. When we want to change, if we want to lose weight, we have to change the way we're eating and we can be willing to do it. Some days will be better than others. And if we just keep doing it, we will learn. And when we remove the judgment, it is a billion times easier. Truly. The difference between, you know, five o'clock traffic and, you know, 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. So much different and so much less painful. So 
we are talking about this idea of judgment. So I want to leave you with this. How do you notice when you're in this? There are a couple good ways. If you notice you're in all or nothing thinking, thinking good food, bad food, these are good foods, these are bad foods, that's all or nothing thinking. I'm cheating, I'm going off. Any of that kind of thinking, all or nothing thinking, you know there's some judgment there, okay? Also, if you notice yourself feeling guilty about food choices, like you're doing something wrong, air quotes again, that means there's judgment around food choices. And the third one is if you have the physical sensation of tightness. Tightness for me always represents like a resistance. And when there's a resistance, there's a judgment there. So that's how you can know if there's a judgment there. And so you'll look for it. So once if you have those sensations or feelings, then you notice. You notice the all or nothing thinking, the guilt, the tightness. And then you speak kindly about it. Oh, there you are. Oh, I was expecting you. This is how you break the cycle. Speaking kindly to the judgment, because we're not shaming the judgment. We can't judge the judgment. We're just going to notice the judgment and we're going to break the cycle by saying, oh, hi, there you are. I was expecting you. We're doing it differently now. Thanks for showing up. I know you mean to help, but we're trying a different way. That's the kindness that we use when we notice the judgment. And then if we can release the traffic jam, that's amazing. We may just be able to release it for the next time this happens. So notice what the situation is and be prepared to think about it differently in the future if if you don't catch it early enough in in this decision-making process. Not a problem. There is so much to learn by noticing the judgment. That is huge. This is why planning ahead really helps because it gives us time to think things through. Just an ease in thinking. When we're not using our habit brain at all, when we're only using our decision-making, our kind, conscious decision-making, it there's more space for it. it. It makes it much easier. But we can notice when we're using it and when we're using the habit brain by judgment, by the substance of the thought, and by allowing it to be there without judgment as we're practicing changing our behaviors. You're amazing. This is tricky, which is why it's the plateau buster hack you've never heard of because people are afraid to talk to you about this. They may not even realize it, frankly, because if you're only talking about calories and you know gluten and that sort of thing, you never get to this piece. But this piece is the piece. This is the piece that lets you forever change your food, forever have results of the weight loss that you want. And of course, the other secret about it is if you can do it for food, it happens for the rest of your life and the rest of your life feels so much easier. Then we're not judging any decisions, including mandolin playing. So I'm sending you so much love about this. Please let me know if you have any questions about this, about anything. If you have questions for me, I'm always around on Instagram at stephaniefinemd and on my website, stephaniefinemd.com. I am sending you so, so, so much love. If you follow 
share, rate and review this podcast, you'll be helping it reach others just like you and making their journey with weight loss and fertility just a bit easier. Lighten their load. Share in your groups and social media. Thank you, fabulous.